Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Well, it's been a while. Are you ready for another grab bag episode? Really? It kind of feels like we like just did one. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I am your over-caffeinated host, Phil. And I am your fizzy water drinking host, Senda. So for tonight's topic, we're going to do another grab bag. Yeah, this episode's releasing on September 10th, and we just finished our QCC trip. So while Phil and Senda deal with their impending con drop, we, past Senda and past Phil, are here to entertain you. Which must be weird, because you, as you are listening to this show, it would seem like we are Phil and Senda, but really, we are their pasts, past Phil and past Senda. In fact, as far as we know, it's still a few more weeks until QCC, and I'm still hoping that Phil's copies of H2O make it so that he has print copies at the QCC. Oh, boy, so do I. Oh, I'm man. Starting to, I'm starting to bite my nails. Like, I, I, right? And I'm starting to get really anxious about that. But anyway, it's going to anyway, happen. Anyway, it worked out fine. It worked it out totally, fine. It worked in the out future. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. QCC was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's get started with tonight's topics. Yeah. So our first topic, Christo M on Twitter asked us, what are your tips and tricks for getting a story game going with a tight plot in a a one shot? What do you do to motivate players as a group and how do you tie them together? I mean, beyond what's provided by game mechanics, debts, bonds, etc. Urban Shadows uses debts, but unless something pulls the players together, they often go off on their own, which means single character in the spotlight. Yes, this is a great question. It's a super good question. And it's one that actually I've dealt with a few times because I run I run a number of story games. I run Hydro Hackers and I run it at conventions. And so I have a few thoughts on this. So why don't we talk about some general GM tips? And then by way of example, I'll explain how I how I did it in uh, Hydro Hackers. Yeah, for reals. So some basic GM tips. The first one is to have a clear problem for the game itself, right? That you are putting right up front and not beating about the bush. Like, the problem is the world is going to explode. Mm -hmm. Because there is a a giant creepy gem thing inside of it, for example. Yeah, don't, don't wait two and a half out of your four hours to explain that the world's going to explode. Yeah. Explain that right up front. It has... Uh, it will do a lot to focus players on the problem. Don't bury the lead. Yeah, don't bury the lead. In a campaign, absolutely bury sure. the lead. Yeah, go nuts. In a one-shot, never bury the never lead. Never bury the lead. And the lead is something really clear, like the Earth is going to explode. Mm-hmm. So to tack on to your thing, clear consequences for what happens if the players don't do anything. Yeah, the world explodes. Yeah, like if nobody stops this ritual from being cast, the world is going to explode. Yep. Clear. Give your characters, if you're sitting down at the table with pregens or something like that, or if you can do on the fly by gathering what kind of characters your your players are playing, give them personal stakes in the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Pull them their backstory, tell them their sister is part of the cult, you know, whatever it is. Give them a personal reason to be involved in the problem and the solution to the problem. 
Right, because that's going to be the thing that keeps them from wandering off. Yes. Is if they have a personal stake in the in the problem at hand, then they're going to be like, well, I got to go get this done for if for no other reason for whatever my personal stake is. And since you guys seem to be having to do that, too, let's all do this together. Right. And then the last one that I have on here, and it doesn't apply in games that are, for example, powered by the apocalypse because they usually cover this kind of stuff. But you can sit down in a story game and it won't necessarily have mechanics for this. Have relationships between the characters. Find a way to build that in so that they have a reason to work together, right? Mm-hmm. Some yeah. kind of relationship. Because because if two players are connected, like they're related or they're lovers or even past lovers or something like that, as one gets pulled into the problem, the other one will tend to follow, right? It creates another, yes. it creates another motivation. Yes. Like, yes, I have a personal stake in this and my lover has already decided to go full, you know, like full tilt into this problem. Right. And it also means they are less likely to go off on their own. Right? Yeah. And more likely exactly. to continue to work as a team. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me give an example in a uh, adventure that I often run at conventions for Hydro Hackers. This one's called Redwater Blues, right? Mm-hmm. And so in Redwater Blues, you are, uh, your players are trying to get this neighborhood project off the ground called Blue Babies, right? You're going to provide clean water for expectant mothers and newborn babies. And what happens is the water authority mucks up the pipes and ruins all of the water that you've saved for this project. So unless you get new water, the project won't won't happen, right? So there's a clear problem. Mm-hmm. It happens right in the opening, right? The mayor goes and just asks them, like, you know, tells them what happened. Yep. And there's clear consequences, right? If they don't do anything, this project fails. Now, for the personal stakes part, I don't even use any GM trickery for this. I just ask players right up front, who in your world is going to benefit from blue babies? Mm-hmm. Right? And so players often will be like, oh, my sister's pregnant and, you know, I'm going to be an uncle. My future, you know, my future niece or nephew would benefit from this. Or I'm married and my wife and I are about to have kids. Like, whatever it is, like, even just, like, even being right up front. And I, I mean, I asked that question in the first 30 minutes of the game, right? Like, like I tell you what Blue Babies is and then I'm like, what's your personal stake in this? Like, and as soon as I do that, from that point on, we're all on, we're all on target for the rest of the session. And then there's Tony who's like, I suddenly have this newborn. <laughs> And puts his backpack on backwards like it's a baby carrier, and it's brilliant. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think I think that sums it up, right? Like, that sums up all the things that you were saying. What are the player tips? What are the things, if you're a player, how do you also help this in a story game? Well, and this is my favorite one, and we actually have said it a lot of times before. Take the hook. Take the yeah. hook. I'm dangling it in front of you. It's got your favorite treat on it. I know you can see the hook. Just take it. Yeah, if you're playing an Urban Shadows game where everybody can wander off in their own direction and the GM has put a uh, city-ending ritual or something on the table, take it. Go solve it. Right. Like, don't, don't fight it and don't look for something else to do. This is why you're here. Take the hook. Take the hook. Just take the hook. Mm Mm-hmm. It's your job as a player to figure out why you would take that hook, not to figure out why you wouldn't take that hook. So you need to make sure that you know why you need to do this. 
And if that means making something up, doing whatever, you know, do the thing that you need to do. Justify it as your in-character persona to make it happen. But take it and then justify it, right? Yeah, even even if the GM never asks you what your personal stake is, it figure it out. Yes, it will no, help. Just write it down not for yourself. Right. Work to, as a player, work to keep the game focused on the problem. So even if you want to go talk to an NPC, talk to them about the problem. Yeah. Like... Don't go wandering off and have a, like, a, a, you know, don't have a tangential discussion. In a campaign, you can totally do those things. But in a one shot, every scene you take builds towards the end of this story. So if you're going to have a one on one emotional scene, have a one on one emotional scene, but just incorporate the problem and move the story forward uh, while doing it. Yeah. And then again, if it's not built into the mechanics, so it's not pushed in the game itself, and you sit down and there aren't relationships with other characters at the table, as a player, create those relationships so that you have a reason to work with those people. So, for example, um, when I played Ten Candles, me and a lovely gentleman named Brett, who's in my home group, decided that I was his mother and he was my son, right? Mm -hmm. And that relationship drove our entire experience of that game. And there was no way that we weren't going to work together, right? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I actually played 10 Candles and we did not do that. Yeah. And while I think I, you know, we all worked very hard to be relevant to one another. Yeah. I, I think the game would have been just a little better had I actually cared a little bit more. Mine wound up being more like Jurassic Park where it right. was like none of us were super close with each other, but kind of all thrust into the situation and trying to make do. Whereas I think if there had been some more emotions, subtext, and um, relationships, like it would have been even more devastating of a game. Yeah. Right. I think I it's mean, an excellent point. It, it gave him a really good reason not to leave me behind when I started failing roles and like my ankles went out, right? Yeah. Like he was not leaving me behind, That's even awesome. though I was telling him to leave me behind, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it, it makes those kind of moments and it means that everybody will work together. Right? It's great. Mm -hmm. So, relationships. Thank you. All right, moving on to our next topic. Blake Ryan, Batman, frequent topic <laughs> generator for the show, yeah. uh, asks, handling a paradigm shift. For instance, the werewolf adventure went south and everyone got bitten. Or you failed to stop Dr. Devastation's bomb and now you all glow in the dark. Right? So, what do you do? Yeah. Um <laughs> So, Senda, what do you do? Well, you, you have to ask yourself a few questions, right? And the first one is, is there a way to reverse this? So that's the Infinity Wars question, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, don't, no spoilers. No spoilers. Let's go back to the werewolf. So you all got bitten by, you all got bitten by werewolves on your monster hunting adventure. Yeah. And now... By next moon, you're all going to turn to werewolves. So the first question is, in your mythology, can this can this lycanthropy be reversed? Right. And if it can, then your campaign has to take a little diversion, a little road trip mm -hmm. uh, to go solve this problem. Yeah. If your problem was that a um, dirty bomb went off in Amsterdam, you might not be able to reverse this, right? Like, right. there might not be... There might not be a way out from this. Yeah. So the next question is, how will the game change if you don't reverse the catastrophic thing that happened, right? Yeah. So 
We failed to stop Dr. Devastation's bomb, and now Amsterdam is uninhabitable. Right. And nuclear, uh, you know. Yeah. And and can the game, you know, like, so the game changes. What does it mean, right? So it means the terrorists have won a major thing, and there's probably some political fallout. There's definitely going to be a hard swing in the direction of, like, you know, taking on terrorists even, you know, to the point where people and things that aren't terrorists are going to get swept under you know, based on suspicion and stuff like that. So the game's probably going to become a lot harder. Right. I was going to um, say a, there's probably and, a tonal shift. Yeah. And, I, and when I meant hard, I didn't mean like in difficulty. I meant yeah. tonally, right? Like yeah. this game's about to get a lot, a, a lot meaner. Yes. Um, because justifiably, you know, people of the world are going to want blood and they're going to be willing to let a few things slip in order to get the quote justice they want. Yeah. So yeah, so you have to um so you you have to work through extrapolating like what does this mean for the game if uh it can't be reversed. Right. And and then finally, what does that lead to? So that leads us to the the ultimate question really is is the campaign done or is it still something that we want to play? Yeah, like I mean if your game is based on a space station and Dr. Devastation's bomb goes off and renders the space station uninhabitable, maybe we're done with the campaign. Right. Right? Like maybe we're like, well, we lost the space station. There's really no stories we can tell after we have to abandon the space station. We should like epilogue and wrap this thing up as opposed to yes, Amsterdam was rendered uninhabitable, but there's, you know, the rest of the world and we still need to fight, you know, these terrorists, whatever, whatever. And, you know, the game, the game has a chance to persist on. And ultimately, ultimately, that's the question, right? Like, that's the question that that Blake's uh, that we're leading to with Blake's topic is after you've had this paradigm shift, is the campaign done or not? Yeah. And, and the way you get to that answer is by answering those two questions before it, right? Can we reverse it? Or what is the game going to look like after this event happens? Right. And are we still interested in playing that game? And, and, and no is a valid answer. It is. It's a perfectly valid answer. It could it, just end in tragedy. Like, it, it happens. Yes. And, and that's the thing that I think sometimes we overlook or we don't think about is that a campaign can actually end on a tragic note and not a heroic note. Like we don't have to have the 11 endings of Lord of the Rings every time we we run a campaign, right? Like only one of them was really heroic. Right. But my my point being <laughs> just say it. My point being is that sometimes sometimes we can lose and sometimes losing is an interesting story. Yeah. Just because you lose doesn't mean that it's not an interesting story. Yeah. So is the campaign done? Sure. Maybe it is. Maybe the last thing of the campaign is everybody's on lifeboats fleeing the orbital station as it's like slowly imploding. Right. And our session after that is we're just going to, you know, have like an epilogue about like, you know, what happens like to these people after, you know, they're found on their lifeboats or something. Right. Great question, Blake. Absolutely great question. I really want to run a game now that starts with the space station imploding and everybody on their lifeboats and having to try and figure out what to do. But anyway, that would be a one-shot like, like I like the idea of starting a campaign where you start with that tragic ending. Yeah. And you're like, well, 
Oh. This is the ending to the campaign. How did we get Now here? let's go play the campaign. Oh, snap. That would be really cool. Like, by the way, this campaign's going to end in tragedy and sadness. Right. Everybody's um, on board from, from day one. We're all driving right. and, in this direction. Yeah. Yeah. And now let's now let's drive this game right off the cliff. Yes. Oof, Ugh, I want to make a game too. system that does that. All right, think about no. that later. Okay, well, we don't have time to write any more games right now, so... <laughs> no, nope. we're all full up. We're all full up on new games here. Okay, so this is a, a time travel situation, so I have to explain who was actually asking this question, right? So, you are currently past Phil. Correct. But the person who asked this question was past past Phil. Uh-huh, yeah. Yes, okay, good. So, now that we're all sorts of clear on... Past past Phil is asking past Phil a question. The question is, what kinds of design themes have your attention right now? What kinds of themes do you see in your current designs as well as games you are thinking about? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go first because I just asked the question. Yeah, good question, past past Phil. <laughs> we don't often let ourselves ask questions on the show, but I felt like that one was a pretty decent one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am noticing, like, if there's a trend in the stuff that I'm writing, the trend that I'm in the stuff that I'm gravitating to that other people are writing, it seems to be one that I really like games about resistance. I am more than certain that has to do with the current world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that this has to do a lot with my somewhat rebellious youth uh, growing up in the 80s and cyberpunk, my influ- cyberpunk influence on me and stuff like that. But I love games about I love games about resistance, about fighting the man, about sticking it to the man, that kind of thing. It has always been a thing I liked, but I find myself now really heavily designing stuff in that space. Uh, I'm also fascinated with phases of games. Uh, Night Witches was like the first game that really taught this to me, the idea of the day phase and the night phase of a game. And I really, I'm I'm trying not to inject it too heavily into other games, but I constantly am looking at my designs in terms of phases, like, and then I'm often trying to like blur the lines from it so that it's not so heavily procedural at times, but I do like I do like games that have, you know, like in Long Live the Queen, right? There's like a court phase where like you're in the king's court and you're doing like courtly politicking stuff, and then there's um and then there's like the mask phase where like these carnations they slip on their masks, you know, and and go out and do espionage, right? Like I, I really love those like I really love that kind of play between, you know, between phases and one phase flows into another and things like that. Uh, And the last one I will leave because I don't have any designs about it right now, but I heard the term from Ryan Macklin and I'm kind of in love with it, which is hope punk. Oof, yeah, it's good words, right? Yeah. So I really like if I can design something that is hope punk, or even just start to work on more what hope punk means to me in my designs. Like, I, I, I definitely want to try to push into that area as well. Okay, that's me. What about you? So, the things that are fascinating me right now, both in terms of playing and in terms of designing, are really emotional, feelsy stuff in an intimate way. So, they tend to be games about 
empathy, understanding things other than ourselves, both either either as a function of the game itself. Like, so we're working on a game called Is It Because You Are that is specifically about building empathy and a relationship between two people who come from very disparate backgrounds. And it's about how we um, start to get past some of those barriers and form relationships despite, you know, having really different life experiences but like that's 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 sort of just one in the line because we're also working on Turning Point. The last game that I sort of did by myself was We Shall Once More Ascend, which I feel like I've made it as a game designer when I'm driving home in the car and I'm like, wow, all of the ways that I've been feeling about this job hunt and all of this stuff is totally my game mechanics. Holy cow, it applies to my life. Like when you have that moment, I feel like I feel like you made it. <laughs> so um, living your best, living, living your best gaming game living, designer life, living my best game designer life, apparently because I'm having these thoughts in the car. So I'm really fascinated about, I guess, ways that we can mechanize the experience of being emotionally invested in things to create those emotional experiences and to create intimacy between characters or between us the player and the character that we're playing right by by basically having those vulnerable emotional moments and that that's a thing that i'm really into right now (laughs) and you can splat it you can splat it into a bunch of other games too like you can pull it out of games that aren't intended to have it i'm really fascinated by games that are written to do it right now and because of that i tend to be really into games that are clearly defined moments in time right that tend to run as one shots because it's hard to keep that kind of emotional intensity up for a long period of time. Um, but little, little snippets of, of life of like a well-defined here is what the story is now play through the emotions that go with it. Games kind of really doing it for me right now. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a thing. Those are good. Good, uh, good, good question. Pass, pass, Phil. And, uh, (laughs) are you congratulating uh, your past self? I, yeah, question. I mean, I rarely come up with questions for this show. So, you know, on the moments when I do, I'm like, oh, that was a really good one. That was a really um, good one. Yeah, nice. Just reach back and pat yourself on the back. Really good. There you go. Thank you. All right. <laughs> um, before we depart from this short episode, and yeah. it will be short because uh, this is uh, our post-QCC show. Yep. Let me just say one thing, and then you're going to tell us about another show on the network. Sure. When we come back, the episode that will occur after this, which I think is the 17th of um, September, will be our QCC wrap-up show. Correct. That will be us talking about uh, what we played and what we did and who we saw and all of that uh, at QCC. So expect that one to be coming next week. Next week. Yeah. So in the meantime, thank you for indulging us for a somewhat short episode while we uh, get this together. We didn't want to leave you high and dry. But at the same time, eventually I have to sleep. Eventually. So, Senda, <laughs> please tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Sure. She is a Super Geek is an actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Join me every other Tuesday for lots of different RPGs and guests. Nice. Yeah. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can email us panda at misdirectedmark.com. 
com and phil once they find us in one of those places what can they do with that information please 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 send us your topics it's been weeks since we mentioned this last time and we're probably <laughs> running out of topics i'll be starting up a Who knows? Uh, It'll some be the sort topic of collection drive, right? i'm gonna pass the topic hat around and ask people to put some things we, in it are we gonna have a are we gonna have a, a, a hotline like a call number and have, I mean, like, we have the social media. Like, right. it's not like you. No, 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 it, I no. mean, if you need to get us, no, no. But we need to do us. the thing. Like, we need to do a live show where we talk oh, about we could, topics. We could do it on Twitch. Right, we, we can do, do it on, it on Twitch. Twitch, and we talk about topics. And there's like, but we do it in front of rows of pandas who are standing by to answer you know, your don't, call. Don't knock this Twitch idea. I'm having some thoughts about that. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's leave that alone. Send a, besides uh, topics, what can people do with our social media information? Well, you can send us your table selfies. I sure hope while you were at QCC, you were taking lots of table selfies. So now that you are back from QCC, hashtag them table selfie and drop them on the social media of your choice. And we will swing by and like them. Mm-hmm. If you like what we do here elsewhere in the Mr. Mark Network, check out our Patreon campaign. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of good things. Bonus outtakes, which I don't think there'll be any bonus outtakes this week. Sorry, folks. There might not be any Running a tight ship around here. Yep. Um, but normally, bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from Misdirected Mark, all sorts of other goodies, and access to our Slack room for life, which uh, I've been making a real effort to kind of hang out and chat a few times a day in there while I'm uh, while I'm at work. So be there as well. There's a lot of cool kids there. There was a huge uh, thing about potato salad potato salad the other thing that we like to do is shout out to our patrons we sometimes mangle names sometimes we don't but for sake of speed send it tonight will you do our shout outs absolutely jesse edmund the royal doctor thank you so much jen pixelscape and dan simons thank you dan Indeed. Thank you very much, patrons, uh, the ones we named, and all the other patrons who uh, make all of this possible. Senda, what's the thing that you can do if you are already back in the Patreon campaign or unable to back the Patreon campaign that um, makes us uh, fall out of our chairs like pandas? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review really does help us get new listeners for the show because it's like stopping a stranger in the street and saying, hey, this podcast is awesome, except that they probably might actually want to listen to it <laughs> instead of that random person on the street. So it's a little bit more effective. Anyway, thank you so much to everyone who has already left a review. Past Zenda says, oh my goodness, look, so many new reviews. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say, Zenda. I'm optimistic. Show me how you're going to make sure that everyone knows what the main issue is in your next one shot. Well, the main issue is that... This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Click, 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 click. Okay. Oh, wait, Yeti, Yeti, Yeti. I didn't check. Are you? Did I, do I have to, is this an abort click? No, 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 no. I'm good. Do you, are you, are you, you're ATR Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ATR USB. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I checked, I, I quick spot checked it. I mean, I just opened a new project in Audacity. I didn't open and close Audacity, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I did too, but I was still checking. Okay. Because Audacity can be weird like that.
Bloop. It's a bee show. The bee show, the you bee guys. Show. We haven't had a bee show in a while. We haven't had a bee show in Ugh. a while. It's nearly 1 a.m. and we are starting show B. <sighs> this is how much I love you guys. <laughs> and how much iced coffee I've been drinking already. Yes, well, we love you too, Phil. Okay, so we're only we're going to do a brief intro. We're going to do a short show. We're going to do a short show and a brief intro. So we love you, but we don't uh-huh. love you enough for me to stay up till like 2.30 in the morning and go to work. So we, right. we love you enough to provide you the main show, plus maybe a little bit in the be- little bit of the beginning little or the end. A little bit. Why don't we do this? So- Why don't we do very little in the beginning? Let's right. get through we'll the topics, the and if there's anything yes. at the end, we'll tack some on. Okay, here's the thing we'll say really briefly, uh-huh. because I'm just going to say it, um, because this is the time travel episode. QCC was amazing. Holy. It was so awesome to see everyone there. Holy we Lord, had it was so such a great cool. time running all the games and stuff. Can't even tell you all the people that I got to hang out with and spend yep. time with and play games with. And man, I ran so many games. I was crazy. You I, ran so many games. You're crazy. I don't know. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm glad all of them went well and um awesome awesome times so uh wicked yeah wicked cool wicked all yeah right. awesome you guys should all come okay now we can move on uh-huh good that was good yeah <laughs> future that's past past that's send and fill send and fill saying what future send and fill are going to say when they get back from qcc <sighs> oh, we got this complicated all right <laughs> you ready yep non-linear podcasting to the umpteenth degree Nonlinear meow. podcasting engaged. <laughs> meow. Meow. Bloop. Just did one. We literally did one just like five minutes ago. <laughs> Bloop. Fizzy water bubbly. drinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am your bubbly water drinking senda. Host sent. No, fuck. I'm just, let me try that again. I got it. Oh, oh. <laughs> fuck. It's a B show. I'm so sorry. Bloop. Like, As if we said it almost a half hour what? ago. What? What? Half an hour ago we might have said to this thing? Bloop. Sorry, you froze for a second. I was so did you. Sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, move it. Do you read this one or do you want to read this one? Yeah, you read it. Bloop. Indeed. It's me. Gosh, and when this comes out. Uh, let's see. I'm not sure what the next one is, but I know that we're going to be starting to head right into Oren with um, Misha, which is going to be awesome. Oh, very cool. Very yeah, cool. So indeed. keep your ears peeled for that. It won't be mm-hmm. this. It won't be the one that's tomorrow. It'll be the one after that. Bloop. Did you watch? Did you watch my YouTube? Let me clip? let me just say this. We would have had a better chance of getting that group to agree on which version of D and D to play. <laughs> Than to get them to agree about potato salad. Apparently, I did not expect potato salad no. to be the thing that split <laughs> the community into into fragments. So, but, um, duly but, noted, do, no potato salad at the but, misdirected but, mark but, picnic. So when I made the comment about mustard, like the normal kind of potato salad that you just go to the store and pick up is mustard potato salad. Uh, the yellow one, yes, yeah, the but yellow not one. the white one. Why would you buy the white one? Are you kidding me? Wegmans Wegmans makes a um Wegmans makes a loaded potato potato salad, no mustard, and it is ridiculous. Yeah, but it has bacon in it. No, 
you say that like that's a problem. That's it's a, your problem. It's a problem it for has me. bacon in it. I know. Is a bone that is a <laughs> that is a feature, not a flaw to it. It has but bacon it has in bacon it. Is in a it. feature. So I get the mustard kind that doesn't have bacon in it. It's really you good. Need to, you need to upgrade and you need to upgrade and uh, add the bacon module. Um, <laughs> maybe. Onto, maybe. So that you'll eat bacon. I don't right. care if you do, I don't care if you don't eat any other meat. If you just would eat bacon, like there's a whole other world out there that you have not experienced. So like, like but there's I literally a curtain of bacon part <laughs> that will open up a new bacon wrap scallops. I can show you the world. There we go. I will make you a carpet, Shining, a flying carpet of bacon. Like, bacon. <laughs> there we go. Bloop. Tell me, pandas, now when did you last let your mouth decide? Okay, I don't know why we're on a Disney kick, but it a was just... A whole new bacon. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I, I, mean, I don't know where we were in the end of the show anymore. Were we still in the oh Patreon God, I, information? Something about patrons. Um <laughs> Normally, we shout out to our patrons. Uh, Senda, this is your fault, so shout out to our patrons. <laughs> no, you have to say it better than that, because I'm going to put all of that in the outtakes. So oh, it's not okay, actually going to yeah. be there. Um, Bloop. Get, 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 get. <laughs> Gange? Sure. Sure. As we're known to mangle names. <laughs> Jet. Jen hey Jen, Pixel we love you, Gange. and we love your artwork. We do. And, well, you're, you're we're awesome. a little messy on the last name. Sorry I'm about that. Sorry, but we love you and thank you. Bloop. Show me what you got. Yeah. Show me what you got. The main issue is we got to get the hell out of here. Get the heck out of here. The main issue is potato salad, apparently. Oh boy, and bacon. Palpably Show inadequate. Palpably <laughs> I, you know what? I will come out to Denver and I will I will be there when you bake in for the first time. So in case anything goes wrong, I will be there in, in your time of need Aww. to comfort you. Bloop. I, I think you're going to be okay, though. Like, I think we start small, right? Like, I think you just start with like a little piece of bacon, like like a little piece of breakfast bacon. We'll like work your way up to like the Baconator later. The but just, baconator? you know. Actually, you can't have the Baconator. It's a sandwich at Wendy's, and it's a it's a cheeseburger with a ridiculous amount of bacon. I'm not I suspect maybe you could just get a maybe if you just get like a piece of chicken with a whole bunch of bacon on top of it because that, that would be equally delicious. But I don't eat bacon yet. Yet, <laughs> yet. I'm gonna help you. I'm not gonna make. I'm, I'm not gonna require that you eat any other kind of meat. But I really think that if you could just cross the threshold to real bacon, it's really not- it's really easy. I just I get the food like, and then I just ask them to leave the bacon off. No, but that's <laughs> that's that's like. Uh, well, That's no, like, no, no, oh, you no, know no, what that is? No, no, All right, no, let no, me explain. No, okay, let me explain okay. to you, you what explain, it is. explain, and then I will tell it's you like, what that really it, means. Okay. Kay. It's like, it's like, can I see Starry Night, but could you just not show me any of the blue? <laughs> okay? Like, yes, there's yellow, and it kind of looks like stars, but, like, you're missing the rest of it because, like, you just won't eat the blue. Let, let me just define this for you. What this means is if we're at a con or something and mm-hmm. I order a thing that usually has bacon on it, then when it comes, I'm going to hand you the bacon. Listen, I I love that you do, <laughs> but bacon is so magical 
that I would be willing to not get your share of the bacon in order for you to also experience the joy of bacon. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get me there. Duck bacon, <laughs> yes. Duck bacon. No, 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 no. Yes. I know you will eat Duck every bacon. other weird kind of bacon. Turkey bacon. Pork bacon. No, it's The pork. bacon of bacons. Pork. I don't eat pork. The bacon of... You don't have to eat any other pork. <laughs> just bacon. The bacon of bacons. Okay. Uh, now say goodbye. Okay. But there's there's mustard potato salad in my refrigerator right now. Bye. Bye. And... St-